1: Welcome to the Padres Post Game Show on the Padres Radio Network. Coming up, we'll deliver a full recap of today's game with highlights. Plus, we'll take you down to the manager's office to hear from Bob Melf, give you an update on scores from around Major League Baseball. The Padres Post Game Show starts now on the Padres Radio Network.
2: We are live here at Petco Park. Final score in this rubber game of a three-game series between the Padres and the Washington Nationals. The Nationals 8 and the Padres 3. Sam Levitt with you on our post-game coverage from inside the lofts here at the Western Metal Building inside Petco Park. Good to have you with us on this Sunday afternoon as the Padres finish up a very, very disappointing series against the Washington Nationals. Padres with the defeat today. Dropped to 37-41 and Nationals. Nationals with the win improved to 30 and 47. A Nationals team that entered yesterday with the worst record in baseball entered today with the second worst record, or I should say, excuse me, the Nationals entered yesterday with the worst record in the National League entered today with the second worst record in the National League. But the Nationals end up beating the Padres yesterday 2-0, beating the Padres here today in the rubber game of this series 8-3 as the Padres' offense just could not get much going uh, or enough going in this game. Three runs on eight hits. One of those runs came in the ninth inning when the game uh, was uh, sort of out of reach at that point and a run in the seventh inning after the Nationals already had an 8-1 lead in this game. And the Padres' offense, after scoring a grand total, of 23 runs on thursday and friday they respond with just three runs combined on saturday and sunday and uh Simply not good enough to uh, win the last two games of this series. The Padres now four games below 500. They last were at 500 on May 11th when they were 19 and 19. The Nationals entered this series going 4 and 14 in the month of June. They had not won a series in June before this one, and they entered last night losing 15 of their last 18 games, but it bounced back to beat the Padres in two consecutive games. Uh, yesterday and here today another no other way to put it just uh, a very very disappointing series for the Padres a disappointing game here today a game where uh, the Padres were facing left-hander Mackenzie Gore one of the guys they traded in the Juan Soto deal and Gore was really good in this game he struck out the first six batters he faced struck out the side in the first inning and the second inning ends up going five innings one run given up and really you split this game into two parts I thought The first half of the game was about Mackenzie Gore and was about the Padres' offense, A, not being able to do much against Gore, and B, when they had opportunities, not cashing in. They had the leadoff man on in the third, couldn't score a run, two on in the fourth inning, couldn't score a run, and then in the fifth inning, did get an RBI single by Fernando Tatis Jr. to tie the game at one, but had a chance to score more in the fifth inning, could not get another run in. And then, after the Nationals took a two uh, a two run lead in the sixth inning, three to one. Uh, after they scored two in the top of the sixth inning, Padres loaded the bases in the bottom half of the sixth inning but did not get a run. So that was really the first half of the game. Padres were in it, down three to one. The second half really was everything from the seventh inning on. Yeah, it was a, a bit of a, a nightmarish a seventh inning. Tim Hill. Uh, committing two errors, hitting a batter, allowing a, a couple of hits. All in all, five unearned runs against Tim Hill in the seventh inning. And uh, that's where this game was broken open by the Washington Nationals. They took an 8-1 lead. Padres, again, got a run in the seventh inning, run in the ninth inning, uh, but not nearly enough. And the bottom line is this, the Padres team that came into this season with sky-high expectations. We've been waiting for this offense to find consistency. We've been waiting for this ball club really to click on all cylinders. It has not happened through 78 games now. And now the Padres, as we approach the midpoint of this season, are 37 and 41, four games below 500. The gap is widening in the division. The gap is widening in the wild card race and a first half of the season that just has not been what anybody would have expected. And uh, a really, really tough series loss against uh, a Washington Nationals team that uh, has a lot of young players. And after the Padres beat them pretty good on Friday night, 13 to three, the Padres in a situation that's really hard to explain and hard to figure out the next two games offensively nowhere close to the same. And it's something we talked about last night where you just sort of scratch your head. And granted, Padres faced a, a very talented young starting pitcher in Mackenzie Gore here today. Five innings, one run. That part did not surprise me. Uh, Gore, I think, will have a, a great future in this game. But a Nats bullpen that has a 4.84 ERA entering today, the highest in the National League, and really in two consecutive games. Forgetting what happened on the other side with the pitching today, in two consecutive games, the Padres only got two runs against that bullpen, and uh, not good enough to win a close game yesterday and a game here today where the Padres lose eight to three. A lot to do in our post-game show. We'll recap this one, highlights when we come back. We'll also hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin, full out-of-town scoreboard. Much more to do as well as we wrap this one up, the rubber game of this three-game series. The final Nationals 8, Padres 3, disappointing day here in uh, downtown San Diego for the Padres. We continue after this on the Padres Radio Network. Our postgame show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score here today. In the rubber game of this series, the Washington Nationals 8 in the San Diego Padres 3. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. Good to have you with us on this beautiful Sunday afternoon. Blue skies up above. It was a gorgeous Sunday. 41,500 plus in the building. 31st sellout of the season here at Petco Park. The fans continue to be tremendous, but uh, not a good one today for the Padres as they fall 8-3. to A lot to break down as the Padre's drop back to four games below five hundred, thirty-seven and forty-one now. Again, the Nationals improve to thirty and forty-seven. We'll hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin coming up in just a few minutes, so stay tuned for that. First let's recap this one with our game highlights.
1: Let's go through the biggest moments from today's game with our game highlights presented by the new El Cajon Ford commercial service center servicing all Fords up to F seven fifties and motorhomes.
2: Right-hander Seth Lugo made the start for the Padres. It was deja vu in the first inning. Why is that? Well, last night, Matt Waldron got the first two outs and then Jamer Candelario hit a solo home run. Today, Lugo got the first two outs in the first
3: inning then it was Candelario again. 2-0 pitch, it well in the air to deep right field. Tatis is going to go back and watch, and Candelario has done it again. Another long home run to right field in the first inning, and for the second consecutive game, the Nats take a 1-0 lead, this time on Candelario's 10th home run of the season
2: former Padre Mackenzie Gore was rolling early on. He struck out the first six batters he faced. He worked around a leadoff single in the third. The Padres got two straight, two out singles against Gore in the fourth inning, but Gore struck out Jay Cronenworth to end the frame. Seth Lugo was also pitching well, just that solo home run allowed in five innings to begin his day. Padres then got a rally going in the bottom half against Gore. Trent Grisham was on second base with two men away. After a fielder's choice, he stole second. Gore then walked, toss. Sung Kim. That brought up Fernando Tatis Jr. Here's the
3: one and one. Fernando lines it the other way and over the head of the first baseman Smith into right field. Thomas charges. Grisham's going to score. Throw goes into third. Not in time. RBI single Fernando Tatis Jr. And it's 1-1 here in the fifth.
2: Gore struck out Juan Soto to end the inning and keep the game tied at one. That was it for Gore. Five innings, one earned run given up, five hits. He struck out nine at walk two. 104 pitches for Mackenzie Gore, the former first round pick by the San Diego Padres. The tie was short lived though. Seth Lugo Gave up three straight singles to begin the sixth inning, including an RBI single from Joey Meneses. Nationals led it two to one. He came out of the game. Tim Hill entered with still runners on first and third. Nobody out. Stone Garrett pinch hit for Corey Dickerson and lined a ball into right. Fernando Tates Jr. caught it. His throw was cut and went to second. A double play run scored though. Nationals led at three to one. In the bottom half, the Padres loaded the bases with three walks from Nationals reliever Mason Thompson. With two outs, Davey Martinez went to left-hander Joe Lasorsa to face Trent Grisham. Bob Melvin then countered pinch hitting with Gary Sanchez. Lasorsa struck out Sanchez on a 3-2 slider to end the inning. Then the seventh inning, Tim Hill returned to the mound it did not go well a one-out throwing error on a comebacker to the right of the mound to hit batsman an rbi single from lane thomas made it four to one washington another comebacker to the right of the mound that hill threw away for a second error in the inning the bases were loaded for jamer candelario
3: here's the one and two and that's in the air out towards left center long run soto not going to get there it's going to find the gap might clear the bases a couple of runs are going to score and candelario into second base with a two-run double Garcia stopped at third, but now 6-1 Washington
2: in the seventh. That was it for Tim Hill. Brent Honeywell replaced him. He
3: faced Joey Manessis. 0-1 pitch, hit on the ground to third, and fair past Manny, and down the line. Garcia scores. Candelario is on his way home. Manessis rounding second, and now he'll stop with a two-run double. It's 8-1.
2: All the five runs in the inning unearned against Tim Hill as the Nationals sent ten batters to the plate in that seventh inning. Jordan Weems took the mound for Washington in the bottom half of the seventh. Ha-Sung Kim led off. Here's the
3: two and two, and that's hit in the air to very deep left field. Stone Garrett goes back at the wall, looking up, going to go. Lower balcony, Western medal for Ha-Sung Kim. Boy, another home run for the Padre infielder. Got one Thursday in San Francisco, got one Friday against these guys, and now another one here on Sunday afternoon.
2: So that made it an 8-2 to two game, but unfortunately, Padres wouldn't get much closer in this game. A 1-2-3 3 eighth inning from Jordan Weems in the ninth inning. A leadoff double by and Dixon. He would eventually score on an RBI single from Juan Soto. Hunter Harvey would get the final out of this game after Paolo Espino gave up a run, getting two outs in the ninth inning, and the Padres never really got back in it. The final score. Nationals 8, Padres 3, as Washington wins the rubber game of this three-game series. A very disappointing series and rubber game here today for the Padres. Let's go down towards the clubhouse here at Petco Park. Here's some post-game reaction from Bob Melvin. Let's take a trip
1: down to the Padres Clubhouse and hear from Padres manager Bob Melvin. Presented by Sinley Food. Find your next cooking adventure at Lee Food. 4665 El Cajon Boulevard. The Cook's Asian Resource.
4: Bob, is there any different way to describe the frustration you and the team must be feeling right now not taking a series that you need? There's been frustration all year. But this one in particular, this one we needed to come out and play a little bit better today. You know, Mac had really good stuff early on. What struck out the first six guys of the game, got him out of there. But by that time, we had, we'd given up a few runs, and then obviously a few more in the middle innings. So yeah, it's frustrating. Obviously, the bullpen's seventh inning was a determining factor in this game. But even more so, the offense stranding seven between the fourth and the sixth with
2: opportunities to get on the board?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's kind of a theme. We've we haven't been able to, you know, get on a run. Until we do, it's going to be tough to string games together. So yeah. What did you think of Seth's outing today? Yeah, uh, pretty good. I mean, last inning maybe, you know, gave up a few hits up the middle. I think, you know, a couple cases we got some ground balls that ended up just, you know, up the middle, just eluding, you know, Xander. Whether it was his or Timmy's with Thomas, and both of those ended up, you know, obviously costing us. Is that somewhat of a silver lining in the midst of what else
2: is going on? The starting rotation is giving you a chance to win almost every single
4: night. Yeah, it's just, that's been, we've been doing that, you know, for a lot of the season. So in the bullpen, you look at the bullpen numbers, been good too. It's just offensively, again, we have not been able to sustain anything.
5: What do your players need to do to stop this two-step forward, two-step back, two-step forward, three-step back?
4: If I had an answer for you, we just got to keep working, keep keep playing hard and keep fighting through it. You know, it's been a tough stretch. You know, to where we are right now. We never expected to be where we were record-wise right at, record at this point, but it is what it is, and it basically tells you who you are. And we haven't been able to play consistently enough to have a better record and be over five hundred. know they've bounced back quite a bit, um, but it's because you've fallen so much. Right. What, what's a
1: level of concern that at some point here you're going to lose heart?
4: No, that won't happen. That won't happen. There's a lot of baseball left. You, I mean, you go on a run and you're right back in it. So it doesn't look great. There are a lot of teams ahead of us as far as playoff teams at this point. But there is, you know, a run that could get us right back into it quickly. We just haven't done it. That's that's the hardest part at this point. Given that the nature of that run is is
0: getting more and more imperative, and and the, right. the predicament you find yourself, yourselves in at this point, like, is there does the urgency ratchet up given where things are in the standings now? And,
4: you know, there's a balance, right? You just you play for each and every day and, and hope that gets you to a different place. But we have a lot of guys here that aren't... I, You know, you don't want to go into some sort of a panic-type mode with your at-bats. You only want to be able to string them together and, and give multiple at-bats, make pitchers work. At times we've done it, more than often we have not. And it's been runners in scoring position that's been our biggest problem. But there's, there's not going to be a give-up here. We're going to continue to, to fight as hard as we can and know that with the you know the talent that we have we have the ability to to win a lot of games how is Juan doing after that collision it's a good one uh, he's fine um, you know scared me for a minute obviously you know he made a great makes a great play but did not know where the wall at the time it probably helped him that you know he didn't tense up you know at the last minute but you know, he wanted to stay in the game, kept checking on him as it went along, and, you know, what the head wasn't the problem. He banged his knee a little bit up uh, on the
0: wall, but he, he feels okay. What did you see from Hill in that seventh inning? A couple kind of tricky plays that he just maybe...
4: Yeah, touched? I mean, it was his own worst enemy with throwing the balls away and got some ground balls, only gave up two hits, and none of them were earned. But, you know, and, and, and got some ground balls other than the Candelario ball that, you know, found the gap in left center field. Didn't look great, but he threw some good pitches. Just ended up throwing a couple balls away that didn't help him.
3: A lot of people, including people outside the organization, thought Jake was going to have a big year coming into this year after his spring. Uh, what have you seen in his swings, and what is it going to take to get him going? I think it's
4: not the only guy.
3: So, um, you know, he'll he'll
4: show stretches of coming out of something, have some good at bats, get some big hits, and then. Not consistent again, but that's that's the entire team at this point. It's just
3: not one guy. You think someone like that is feeling is pressing a little bit because everyone around him isn't you know performing as well?
4: Yeah, it's a, probably a better question for him. But he comes prepared to play every day, wants to play every day, and wants to hit his way out of it like everybody does. Bob, this team made so many moves at the deadline a year ago. Do you feel as though right now you have the right group of players to go to make to go on a run? I do. Yeah, for sure.
2: That was Bob Melvin from down by the clubhouse here at Petco Park. A lot to digest there and a lot of sort of uh, big-picture questions there for Bob Melvin. And you certainly understand it with where this team is after uh, losing this series two out of three to the Washington Nationals. Let's just recap some of the things that were talked about there. Bob Melvin using the word frustrating uh, when talking about the offense. And look, again here today, it was a frustrating day for the Padres' offense. They left two on in the fourth inning. Before that, one on in the third. Two on in the fifth inning. Three in the sixth inning. And the game very much was within... Uh, within reach at that point with a 1-0 deficit, then a 1-1 tie, then a 3-1 deficit. But the Padres just again, and even forgetting what happened in the seventh inning when the Nationals scored five, they had opportunities to have a big hit in this game and turn this round. Did not happen, and we know the numbers with runners in scoring position and just the theme in general this year has been, in many cases, this team having that big hit elude them and uh, just uh, has not worked out uh, with runners in scoring position this season that has been a theme all year so Bob Melvin talked about that Bob Melvin was asked about uh, you know what do players need to do to stop this uh, trend of two steps forward two steps back and look Bob Melvin to his credit said uh, that they'll keep fighting through it obviously not where they expect it to be but I did you know, think it was interesting when Bob Melvin said, you know, where you are right now, it, it sort of tells you who you are. And it made me think, because we've all been waiting for this team to go on that run. And we've talked about it for weeks, for months now. At a certain point, and I'm not here saying they can't go on that run, I still do believe if, you know, I were a betting man, if you came over to the loft right now, you were a fan and you asked me, do you think they're going to turn it around? I'd say yes, because I think... Eventually, that run will happen. I just, I think there's enough talent here, and the pitching is good enough to where the offense will be able to click with it all. Then they'll click on all cylinders. I do believe that, but at the same time, we're almost at the midpoint of the year, and this team is four games below 500. And at a certain point, you're a team that you're a team that's four games below 500 until proven otherwise. As we wait for this team to hopefully maybe make that run. Uh, he was asked about this team losing some heart as, uh, you know, as things have uh, have been a struggle here. And he said that won't happen, um, which is good to hear. Um, you know, and he was asked at the end there, do you feel like you have the, the right players uh, in this group? And he said, I do. So, look, Bob Melvin saying all the right things, and you certainly expect him to uh, say those things and keep faith. But it has been a very disappointing uh, first half of the season to this point, thirty-seven and forty-one now. So, um look, uh, obviously, there's been a lot of issues offensively. The pitching here today, I know the seventh inning was rough, but again, Tim Hill made two throwing errors in the inning, and, and things sort of unraveled. But aside from that, Seth Lugo again delivered a, a solid start, five plus innings, three earned runs given up, and against the Nationals bullpen, a four eight four ERA. Highest in the NL, a pitching staff that has not been great this year, and a Nationals team that entered this game 18 games below five hundred. Padres have to do more than score three runs. And we'll talk about it on the other side of this break because I do want to get to our break. But we talked about in the pregame, and I think Jesse and Tony talked a little bit about it as well. The Padres have very much had this feast or famine offense where when they win they tend to score a lot of runs when they lose they don't score very many at all there's a huge discrepancy in that and part of that uh, part of the problem part of the record for the Padres is typically when they lose games it's because the offense isn't doing enough not necessarily that the pitching isn't doing their part so it continues to be a problem and uh, you hope I guess today is some sort of turning point where this team can hit the road and uh, get things going in the right direction. So I'm looking for answers. I can't promise that I have any. Like I said last night uh, with the offense, you you sort of just scratch your head, especially after what we saw Thursday and Friday. You, You hope that was a sign of things to come, but it, of course, seems like every time there's, you know, like during the press conference it was said, there's two steps forward. It's two steps back, so uh, we'll see what the road trip brings. We'll continue to break it down and uh, continue to give out our daily awards, full out-of-town scoreboard, and more to come. Again, the final score, Nationals 8, Padres 3. Our post-game show coverage continues after this on the Padres Radio Network. Post game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score: Nationals eight, Padres three. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park as the Padres experience a very tough series here at home, losing two out of three to the Washington Nationals. Winning the series opener thirteen to three, a blowout win on Friday, but responding with a two nothing loss last night, eight to three loss here today as the Padres again lose two out of three to. One of the teams that came in with uh, one of the worst records in the National League, the Washington Nationals and the Padres could not find a way to win this series again, even after winning uh, the series opener on Friday. So they lose three of four in San Francisco, lose two of three to the Washington Nationals. That's after, at this time last week, they had won two of three against Tampa Bay for a third straight series win. You felt pretty good about where this team was going, felt like maybe things were starting to in the right direction well it was a rough week the three games in san francisco padres won on thursday big one on friday big but the week really ends like it began with a lot of frustration a lot of uh, uh, disappointment for this padres ball club now sitting at 37 and 41 as we edge towards the midway point of this season Remember, every Sunday is Military Sunday, and we want to take time to recognize and thank all military members for their amazing dedication and service. San Diego County Toyota dealers, proud partners of the Padres, are honored to support San Diego's military community. We will get to uh, some of your phone calls here coming up, 833-288-0973, the phone number as always. If you want to get involved on social media, you can do that as well, 97.3 The Fan SD on Twitter, or my Twitter, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E. You can also send me a message on Instagram, Sammy Lev, there as well, S A M M Y L E V. If you have thought about today's game or uh, what's going on with the Padres right now in general, you can tweet at me, message me, might just read your message or your tweet live here on the air. Let's tell you about our ace pitcher of the game.
1: Which pitcher was dealing today? Hey, Let's find out who's today's. Ace pitcher of the game, brought to you by the Grilling Store at Hillcrest Ace Hardware. From Traeger and Weber to the Big Green Egg, all your grilling and barbecue needs are inside the Grilling Store at Hillcrest
2: Ace Hardware. Our Ace pitcher of the game, it'll go to Mackenzie Gore in this one. Five innings, one earned run given up, five hits, walk two, struck out nine, one hundred and four pitches. I thought McKenzie was really impressive in this game I did he came out firing he struck out the first six batters he faced six up six down Kim Tatis Soto Machado Bogarts Cronenworth six up six down all via the strikeout he was great to start this game then gave up an infield single to Nelson Cruz to begin the third so a couple of reasons I, I was impressed with Gore. Number one, we talked in the pregame. You heard from Davey Martinez, Nationals manager, about McKenzie needing to harness his emotions a little bit better this time around. The Nationals felt like McKenzie in that first start against the Padres on May 23rd at uh, in Washington. He came out throwing really hard, even harder than he usually throws walked four batters, gave up seven hits, didn't get out of the fifth inning, and they felt like he was a little bit too amped up for that game. His velocity was much more around where it normally is in this game with the fastball, and he came out firing, 6 up, 6 down via the strikeout, and what was really impressive for Mackenzie Gore, he gives up the game-tying RBI single to Fernando Tatís Jr. in the fifth inning. At that point, he's approaching 100 pitches, has to face Juan Soto with runners on first and third in the fifth inning in a 1-1 game, and struck him out in a big spot in that fifth inning, kept the game tied, and moments later in the top of the sixth inning, Nationals took a 3-1 lead. So, look, Mackenzie Gore, and you know I've seen him for a long time, going back to when he was at A with me in Amarillo in 2019 He's very talented. I think McKenzie's going to have a really, really good major league career. He's a young starting pitcher trying to figure things out and, uh, you know, uh, feel things out start to start. But. I thought he did a good job today. I really did. Uh, Six up, six down. I know that doesn't make the Padres fans out there feel any better, but he's our ace pitcher of the game. And, again, I was impressed by what he did against Juan Soto in that fifth inning. So credit to Mackenzie Gore. Came back to San Diego today. Was he perfect? No. He threw a lot of pitches, which the Padres did a good job driving up his pitch count. The strikeouts a part of that as well. But Mackenzie was impressive today. Picks up his fourth win of the season. Let's update you on the home run tally, tell you who's gone deep today around the majors. Which players went deep tonight? This is our MLB
1: home run tally presented by Mr. Moto Pizza, bringing back the old New York pizzeria experience with fresh, funky, thin-crest gourmet pies and the original Stuff Knots. With eight locations in San Diego, find your favorite
2: at MrMotoPizza.com. A list of many of the players that went deep today around the major leagues. Not everybody, but mostly everybody. Anthony Santander is 14th for Baltimore today. Luis Robert Jr. is 20th for the Chicago White Sox. Matt McClain is 5th for Cincinnati. Josh Naylor is 10th for Cleveland. Colorado shortstop Ezekiel Sovar, his seventh for the Rockies. Jonathan Davis his second for Miami. For Minnesota, Donovan Solano hit his third for the Mets. A crushing loss for the Mets today in Philadelphia. More on that game coming up later. Pete Alonso is twenty fourth. Francisco Lindor is fifteenth. For Oakland, Tony Kemp hit his third for Philadelphia. Trey Turner his eighth for the Mariners. Cal Raleigh hit his eleventh home run. Tampa Bay Jose Siri is fourteenth. Jonah Heim his eleventh for the Rangers. And for the Blue Jays, a couple of guys hit home runs, Kevin Biggio and George Springer. Number 7 for Biggio, number 11 for Springer. And that's a look at the home run tally here today. We'll have a full look at the out-of-town scoreboard coming up in just a little bit. We'll step aside. We will take some of your phone calls when we come back. 833-288-0973, the phone number to call if you want to get involved on social media You can do that uh, as well Uh, on Twitter, on Instagram, DMs open. Tweet at me, Sammy Lev, S-A-M-M-Y-L-E-V. See an interesting tweet here already that I want to get to. So phone calls, tweets, uh, more of our daily awards, out-of-town scoreboard, all that good stuff coming up as we continue to break this one down. Nationals 8, Padres 3, the final here at Petco Park on the Padres Radio Network. Our post-game show continues on the Padres Radio Network. Final score as the Nationals take two out of three from the Padres here today. eight to three the final score as the Padres uh, have another frustrating day here at Petco Park. We continue our post-game coverage. Sam Levitt with you inside the loft here at the Western Metal Building at Petco Park. Everybody is cleared out of the loft, cleared out of Petco Park, although we do have a long line still for uh running the bases post game so that's good fans having fun see you can still have fun at the ballpark even when the Padres don't win that's why uh Coming out to a baseball game is, is always somewhat of a good time. I know uh, you might not be happy with the performance on the field, but you can always have a good time. And still a lot of people waiting to run the bases as we uh, wrap this game up on our post-game show. I told you I'd read uh, some of your tweets here uh, in a second, and we'll also take a couple of phone calls in this segment as well as the Padres fall 8-3. to I have a tweet here from Andy, and it's a, a fair question. Andy's saying, what makes you think the Padres are capable of of running off a more than three-game winning streak. They have not shown that they are capable of doing that all this season. And Andy, it's a very, very fair question because they have not shown they're capable of doing it yet. Here's why I said earlier, if you were listening, here's why if, if I were a betting man, I still would say that they will find a way to go on a run. Really for two reasons in my eyes. Number one, it's not as if, and, and I'm not trying to make excuses. I'm just, you know, going off some of the numbers here and what they've done. It's not as if the offense has been totally quiet for the last month plus. Now, it's been very inconsistent. We read off the numbers earlier. When they win games, when they lose games, it is a feast or famine offense. When the Padres win games, this is entering today, not including uh, here uh, here today, but I assume the numbers are fairly similar. Entering today, the Padres were averaging 6.65 runs per game in their 37 wins. That's incredible. You do that over the course of a season, you're going to win a ton of games, 100-plus games. But they're averaging just 2.5 runs per game in their 40 losses. So what does that tell you? It tells you that when they don't score, they typically don't win. But as we know, the pitching for the Padres has been for the most part, especially in the rotation. I know the bullpen has been perfect, especially this week. But this was a tweet from Jeff Sanders of the San Diego Union-Tribune earlier today. Jeff does a great job, and I thought it sort of sums it up perfectly. The Padres entered today having allowed fewer runs than any team in baseball. 296 entering today. The Rays had allowed 301. But obviously the records are very, very different. So why do I bring up the runs allowed? The reason I think, again, that the run will come at some point is I I have to hope, imagine that over the course of 162 with the talent in this lineup that things will even out a little bit, that the runners in scoring position numbers can even out a little bit that they can get going um that's the hope that's why I say it and also that the starting pitching has been I think when you have good starting pitching and the run prevention they have the good defense they have for the most part that's why still I I'd be willing to bet the run happens now let me be very clear to Andy and everybody else out there if you're listening right now you're in your car on the way home from the game you're listening wherever you are on this Sunday. And you say, well, they haven't shown it yet. You're absolutely right. And if you have doubts about this team's ability to go on that kind of run, you are totally fair to have that take. Because to this point in the season, and Bob Melvin has alluded to it, they have not done it. You hope they do it, but they have not done it. And right now, nearly midway through the season, this team is four games below 500. And I've said it many times, until they string together a a good stretch of baseball, of winning baseball, a real run, consistent offense not what we've seen this week it's you know it it gets harder and harder to believe the deeper we go into the season that that run will happen I personally still believe it will happen they just think there's too much talent here for it not to over the course of 162 but you are totally within your right if you're out there saying you know what they got to show me I'm not hoping anymore I'll take it day by day they got to show me and that's okay um you're right for thinking that so that's how I feel about it Andy uh I hope I'm right obviously I don't know that I'm right I'm I'm as uh searching for the right word I guess uh confused about what's happened here in the first half the inconsistencies of the offense and I said it last night and I thought last night was was one of those games where you just scratched your head and can't figure out really what's going on and what the issue is and why it has been so feast or famine offensively again the idea that they scored 10 runs in san francisco thursday 13 runs on friday and then follow it up against a, a washington pitching staff no disrespect to the nationals but the numbers are the numbers the bullpen has the highest DRA in the nl entering today the staff as a whole has been very hittable this year scores no runs yesterday three runs today and obviously the the seventh inning today it, it sort of unraveled i get that but why, it's very hard to figure out. It is. It's very confusing. It's been a confusing first half. And on top of that, and then we'll uh, get to some more stuff here. On top of that, look, I really thought coming out of spring training, if you heard me on Ben and Woods in the mornings, I really thought coming out of spring training, this team, based on the quality of what I thought the starting pitching would be, obviously the offense with the names in it and the track records, Um you know, even before the Suarez injury, what their bullpen was when healthy, having Suarez and Hader in the back end. I really thought this team had a chance to to run off sort of that wire-to-wire really, really, really good season. Um, it still can be a really good season. We've got a long way to go, more than half of the games to go. But um, right now, I mean, yeah, it, it has not been that wire-to-wire year that that i kind of dreamt of in spring training that i thought this team would have a chance to do it doesn't mean you can't turn things around but this team has some serious work to do uh to accomplish what we all thought they could accomplish this season so um i guess i urge you to keep the faith out there and uh, we'll see what happens in the the coming days no doubt it's a it's an important stretch to the all-star break but we were saying that before this series and uh, when they went to san francisco earlier this week so it is show-me time, if you will, for the San Diego Padres. They've got to show it and show that they can, can do this. And if not, then it uh, may end up being a, a different season in, in summer than what we anticipated. But um, we'll see in the uh, days to come this coming week into the road trip and then back home uh, the following week. Let's tell you about our relief pitcher of the game. Which pitcher was able to come
1: in and slam the door shut? It's time for the relief pitcher of the game in support of the Jacobs and Cushman San Diego Food Bank, providing food assistance to local children, families, and seniors in need. To get help or give help, visit sandiegofoodbank.org.
2: Our relief pitcher of the game here today, I think it's pretty clear, and it's a guy who got one out in this game for Washington, left-hander Joel Asorsa, young lefty from the Nationals' bullpen. Came in in the sixth inning. Nationals had a 3-1 lead at that point. Mason Thompson had walked three in the inning to load the bases. Padres got the matchup they wanted. Pinch hitter Gary Sanchez at the plate. Count went to 3-2. And and Lasorsa struck out Gary Sanchez to end the sixth inning. And uh, things really turned from there. Nationals would go on to score five in the seventh inning and make it 8-1. to one. So that was a huge moment in that game uh, in the sixth inning where really one swing could have totally changed the game. But LaSorsa came in, had to face one batter in Gary Sanchez, and struck him out in a huge spot. So to me, LaSorsa, our relief pitcher of the game in this one here today. All right, so we'll have more on the out-of-town scoreboard, player of the game, play of the game, all that good stuff coming up in a little bit. I do want to uh, get some of your phone calls here. We've had some people waiting on hold for a little while. Like I always say, I don't promise to have the answers, but I'll do my best to play emotional support. Let's begin with Don in Rancho Bernardo. Hi Don, what's going on? Hey Sam, yeah, I'm doing all right. How are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing great. Don, it's a beautiful day here at the ballpark. It's been wonderful in that sense, so I can't <laughs> complain.
6: <laughs> yeah, that's that's isn't that the truth? The weather here is amazing. Um Well, you know, the odd things you don't see in almost every baseball game, and today we had a couple of them. We had six straight strikeouts to start the game, Mm
3: -hmm. and then we had
6: three drop balls later. So that's kind of interesting. Um, On the bright side of things, Sammy, we had another strong pitching performance, or at least I'd say solid with three earned runs. You know, that's uh, not too bad. Uh, On the cloudy side, we're now seven games out of the wild card with three teams between us and that wild Mm -hmm. card. Two teams nipping in their heels. And my question to you, Sam, is when, in your opinion, do the Padres, once it gets to the trade deadline, not now, we're not talking about now, but once it's trade deadline, August 1st, when do they make that decision to pull the plug on the season and become sellers? Is it seven games like we are right now? Is yeah. it ten games? Do you have kind of in your mind, are you formulating kind of a magic number? I've seen uh, ten games out there on the Twitter. Yeah. I'm just curious what your thoughts are, Sammy.
2: <clears throat> well, Don, it's, look, it's a fair question, and I think it's a really hard question, and and appreciate the calls on it. Number one, like you said, we're, we're a ways away from that. Um, the trade deadline is August 1st, so
3: <laughs>
2: I can't believe we're we're, we're talking about this, um, but here we are number one you're a ways away from it so i don't think that decision is urgent right now um i would say my feeling is with the expectations on this team and with the potential to get it going i mean i I would think they would have to be really out of it don i mean i would think it would have to be i don't know what the number is is that 10 games is that i mean they're seven out today is that an insurmountable gap to close in more than half a season left it's not now they have teams between them i mean the cubs are ahead of them that's hard to believe philadelphia milwaukee but at the moment they've got three teams between them and a wild card spot and they've got teams that are playing really well miami who's been great so far this year they're in the wild card spot uh the top one uh dodgers obviously have had some ups and downs but they're sitting 10 games above 500 Giants who have played really well lately they're 10 games above 500 so they've got a lot of good teams ahead of them and then in between those uh, spots and them I I, I won't pretend to know the number Don I, I I don't know is it 10 games is it I hope we don't have to find out but it's a fair I guess here on June 25th wonder in the sense of okay if they don't get things going and that gap widens that game's back number gets higher and higher you know could they look to have a different approach around the deadline i guess um you know we've seen it before where you know teams kind of (laughs) you know switch gears but i would have to think they would have to be way out of it i do because i just think with the expectations for this club with the talent the ability that if you did add some things if they were sort of surging but not all the way there yet I don't know. I don't have a great answer, Don. I really don't. And I think it's really early to have that conversation because those things don't happen typically in late June. They happen late July, um, you know, until right up uh, when the trade deadline happens. So, Don, my best answer, I guess my summation of my answer is that I'm going to table the conversation for now. I don't think we're there yet. And um, hopefully we're not discussing it further because that would mean things are not going in the right direction in the next month. Really, it's a question for a month from now, right? For three, four weeks from now. But it's a lot of baseball to play until then. And I, I guess I'm gonna hope that we don't have to have that discussion. Let's go to Gary in University City. Hi, Gary. Welcome to the Padres post game show with Sam Levitt. How are you?
5: Not too bad, Sam. Good to hear your voice and uh good to hear your uh honest assessment along with uh manager uh, Bob about the team. and uh, boy I love my Padres, don't get me wrong, but He said it, Bill Parcells also said it, you are what your record says you are right now. You've got games, but what I see, I'm old school like Coach Quintero. I see bad approaches often, such as what Fernando did with my runners in scoring position today, coming out of his shoes. Uh, You can't hit a five-run homer. You're not gonna do that. Take it easy, move the line along like everybody says. Take, uh, take the approach that if you're going to have that big inning, you got to chip away and not try to do everything at, at, at one time. Mean, it, just, it just doesn't happen. And like you said, with as, as far as trade deadline, let's think about this. If we can't win with a team like this, what team are we going to win with? Right now, we've got barely ground chucked in baloney, and we're we're paying for champagne and caviar, and they're staying at the Ritz and playing like oh, we need to. Uh, they need to stay at the Motel Six. So it's hitting between the eyes. But those are the results that I see. I mean, am yeah, I really off that?
2: <laughs> Gary, appreciate the call. I mean, I mean, look from the offensive standpoint, it's been very underwhelming. Um, the runners in scoring position numbers, and again, the thing that is sort of maddening about it especially the last month plus now we've read off the numbers when they win when they lose the difference in the offense it's not like they go a week without scoring it's the inconsistency of it i mean this week was a prime example of it let's look back at this week for a second because this was a prime example just this week alone of some of the issues right because you look at Let's forget about Monday's game. That was uh, uh, the game uh, where they, they had the lead uh, going into the uh, in the ninth inning. And that was the game where it was the Tim Hill debate, uh, debate should he have stayed in for a third inning, all of that. But they had, you know, major issues with runners in scoring position at times in that giant series. The one for 12 on the Wednesday in that series. You know, they they score only two runs on the Wednesday, three runs on the uh, Tuesday, and then four runs on the Monday, right? And and part of the issues there, although the bullpen uh, certainly struggled on Monday and Tuesday, but part of the story in those games was uh, sort of the same old problems with runners in scoring position and uh, the offense not really doing enough, adding on, right? We talked about that after those games. Then Thursday, Friday, they scored 10 in San Francisco on Thursday, 13 on Friday, and then this is the part where it drops back to no runs last night, three runs today. Again, you sort of scratch your head, and, and look, I've said it before. I won't sit up here in the Western Metal Building after the game and and make it like I'm some sort of hitting guru that I can, you know, tell why this guy is struggling, or I know exactly why this guy is struggling. Certainly, at times it, seem, it seems like the approach with runners in scoring position um, has not been great necessarily. Um, you know there have been moments where I've also thought guys are swinging out of their shoes, but it's just been inconsistent and To figure that out, and you heard Bob Melvin you know sort of allude to it, you know, I don't know that there's a a great answer right now as to why um things have been so maddeningly inconsistent for this offense and um you know you you said it gary you know and and Bob Melvin again alluded to it about the record you know at some point your record is what it is and it it, you know your record says who you are and again I'm, i'm not saying they can't turn it around they can and like i said earlier i believe they will i do i really do but right now until they show you that until this team reels off that run that they so desperately need right now they're a four game below 500 team so they've got to prove it and um you know, they have not proved it to this point that they are the team that we all thought they could be. Um, so that's where they are right now. It's not that it can't happen, but it's been uh, very underwhelming, especially on the offensive side, and uh, very, very inconsistent. And I look, I understand the frustration out there, I do. Um, I don't want you to think I'm sitting here trying to sugarcoat everything and uh, make you feel better. Maybe I'm trying to make you feel better, have a good time listening to the post game. but um, I understand the frustration. This is not what you thought it would be it's not what I thought it would be either so I don't know hopefully the uh, maybe the second half will uh, be a lot more promising than the first has been to this point we'll step aside we got some more uh, awards to give out we'll also take a look at the full out of town scoreboard continue to wrap this one up the final score Nationals 8 Padres 3 post game show continues from Petco Park after this on the Padres radio network Our post-game show continues here on the Padres Radio Network. Final score, Nationals 8 and the Padres 3 as the Nationals win 2 out of 3 against San Diego here at Petco Park. Sam Levitt with you on our post-game coverage inside the loft. Here at the Western Metal Building, Padres have not been five hundred since May 11th, 19-19. Right now they have a lot of work to do to get back there back to four games below high uh five hundred thirty seven and forty one now we heard from Padre's manager Bob Melvin already if you missed that it is available to you already. great job by our guy Frank Marchese back in the studio already up on the inside San Diego baseball podcast feed available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcast so once we 're wrapped up here, feel free if you missed it to go back listen to what bob melvin had to say and just to to recap some of those things he used the word frustrating uh, a couple of times and um you know when referring to the offense and uh look uh, talked about the, the theme of leaving guys on base and um when the offense is as inconsistent as it is it's hard to string things together uh, he was asked about this uh and we've talked about it we've used this term two steps forward two steps back the nature of this first half of the season and, and bob said that uh, the team will keep fighting through it, uh, uh, but never expected uh, that this would be the record they have. Uh, but, you know, he was honest about it and said, kind of tells you who you are right now. And, again, doesn't mean that is the whole story of the 2023 Padres, but to this point, um, they're 37-41. and 41, And almost at the midway point of the season, that kind of is, is what it is. Um, you are what you are at some point. Uh, he was asked about the team, you know, if he was – you know, fearful of the team uh, losing heart, but he said that won't happen. You know, felt like he uh, he was asked about. Do you feel like you have the right uh, the right group here? And he said, "I do." So look, Bob Melvin said said all the right things. And again, you can listen to exactly what he had to say uh, on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast. He said all the right things there. And um, you know, I'm sure it's tough for him. You know, uh, having to uh, see this inconsistent, and it's uh, deeply affecting uh, the number of games this team. Uh, is winning right now. So again, you can hear the full post game press conference on the inside San Diego baseball podcast. Still a lot to do. We'll have a look at the full out of town scoreboard in a moment. First, let's tell you about our player of the game.
1: Which player had the biggest impact on today's game? Let's find out who is today's player of the game. Presented by Valley View Casino and Hotel. Catch every game at Patties and Pints. Plus, enjoy $4 beer every Thursday. Visit ValleyViewCasino.com today.
2: Our player of the game here today on the Padres Radio Network will go with Jamer Candelario, three hits in this game, including the solo home run in the first inning that gave Washington an early 1-0 lead. Then a single run scored in the sixth inning, part of that two-run sixth. He had a two-run double in the seventh inning that really broke the game open. So Candelario in total, three hits, a home run, three RBIs, three runs scored. Pretty clear cut. He's our player of the game. Had a good series, had a home run yesterday, part of that 2 nothing win yesterday for Washington jamer candelario of the nationals our player of the game now let's take a look at the out-of-town scoreboard tell you what's been going on today around the majors
1: let's go around major league baseball and take a look at the scores you need to know from across the country this is the out-of-town scoreboard presented by jensen meat where great taste meets integrity locally produced in san diego since 1958
2: Take a look at the out of town scoreboard here tonight. One game going on right now. Astros leading the Dodgers 4 to 1 in LA in the 5th inning. Cardinals beat the Cubs earlier today 7 to 5 in St. Louis in London, so the Cubs and the Cardinals split that 2 game series in London. Twins beat the Tigers 6-3 in Detroit in 10 innings earlier today. A three-run 10th inning for the Twins in that one. It was a brutal loss for the New York Mets in Philadelphia today. The Mets had a 6-3 lead heading into the bottom of the 8th inning. But the Phillies scored four runs in the bottom of the 8th inning. They tied the game on a hit-by-pitch with the bases loaded. They took the lead on another hit by pitch there was a big error in the inning and the Mets I mean they have also you know had a a very very disappointing first half of the season Mets are 35 and 42 now so really two teams in the National League and unfortunately the Padres are in this category right now that people expected a lot from to be contenders World Series contenders and first half of the season has not gone the way you would have thought both the Mets and the Padres. And a tough one for the Mets today in Philadelphia. Orioles beat the Mariners three to two in Baltimore. It was the Yankees over the Rangers five to three in New York. Blue Jays over the A's twelve to one in Toronto. Kevin Biggio a three run home run in that game. Braves beat the Reds seven to six in Cincinnati. Matt Olson a three run home run in that game for Atlanta. Rays beat the Royals three to one in tampa bay earlier today tyler glass now struck out 12 in five innings in that game brewers beat the guardians 5-4 to in cleveland in 10 owen miller former padre prospect now with the milwaukee brewers had a base hit in the tenth inning to give the Brewers their lead. Five to four. They win it by that final score. Marlins beat the Pirates. The Marlins are playing well. 45 and 34 now, as the Marlins beat the Pirates two to nothing. White Sox over the Red Sox four to one in Chicago. Luis Robert Jr couple of home runs in that game for Chicago. Rockies beat the Angels 4-3 in Colorado. Like we said earlier, Ezekiel Tovar, a home run for Colorado. D-backs over the Giants 5-2 in San Francisco. Cattell Marte uh, hit a home run in that game for Arizona. And that's a look at the out-of-town scoreboard on this Sunday in the major leagues. Now let's tell you, or play you, well, maybe we'll just tell you about our play of the game.
1: What was the crucial play that helped decide the outcome of today's game? This is the Play of the Game, presented by Bill Howe Plumbing, heating and air, flood and restoration, because we know how.
2: Our play of the game here tonight, we'll just tell you about it. It was the RBI single by Joey Manessis in the sixth inning. I'll tell you why. At that point, Padres had just tied the game at 1-1, heading to the sixth inning, and the Nationals had three straight singles, one by Garcia, one by Candelario, and one by Joey Meneses RBI single uh, to put the Nationals ahead, and it was deflating at the time because the Padres had just tied it, but Monsoto had an opportunity with two outs to put the Padres ahead. Mackenzie Gore struck him out to strand two on base, and then within the blink of an eye against uh, Tim Hill, or I should say, excuse me, Seth Lugo, in that sixth inning, three straight singles, RBI single by Manessis, two to one, and really the Nationals let never look back in this game, two to one, then a three to one lead, and eventually an eight to one lead. So Joey Manessis, that RBI single, when you talk about impact, I think that was a big one here today. That's our play of the game. All right, taking a look at the standings, okay, and I don't do this uh, with pleasure but uh, I think it's important right now if uh, the Padres losing two out of three to the Washington Nationals to take a look at where things stand right now because obviously this is a very tough series loss and the Padres are uh, sort of at another fork in the road type moment you know where they've got to hit the road and start winning some games look they've had these moments before whether uh, it be the losses in San Francisco this week that a series lost to Kansas City a while ago but the Padres need to bounce back in a big way uh, before the all-star break hits so uh, taking a look at the standings this is where we are right now and we do have one game still going on right now in the National League again the Dodgers uh, and the Astros in LA right now but here's where things are at the moment Miami is in the first wild card spot they're a half game up on both LA in San Francisco. The Dodgers right now, again, they're playing, but they're forty three and thirty three. San Francisco after today is forty four and thirty-four. So if the season ended right now, those would be your three wild card teams. At the moment, the Padres are seven games out of a wild card spot. Again, you talk about fork in the road moments. That's part of it. The gap is getting big. And the gap's getting to a point with a lot of teams between the Padres and a wild card spot where Again, it's not impossible, but we're going to have to do some serious work and play. I mean, great baseball the rest of the way to get to where you would need to be to get a wild card spot. Again, not impossible, but you know that goes from seven to eight, nine, ten, something like that. It just gets harder and harder. And in the division, the Padres are now nine and a half games back of Arizona, so the gap is widening, and uh, that's why uh, that's why we're talking about this and and pointing out the importance of uh, each game here and the importance of this team getting things together offensively on a consistent basis. That's why we keep talking about it, because uh, things are sort of starting to hang in the balance of, uh, as we get to July, uh, can the Padres go on a run? If they don't go on a run, what does that mean? As the trade deadline approaches, all of it. I still think we're a few weeks away from the trade deadline conversation, things like that, but these are starting to become fair questions uh, around a team that at the moment is four games below 500 all right looking ahead to tuesday in pittsburgh day off tomorrow for the padres they return to action kick off a six-game road trip to pittsburgh in cincinnati on tuesday first pitch on tuesday 405 p.m eco water socal padres pregame show at 305 on the mound for the padres right-hander you darvish for san diego it'll be veteran left-hander rich hill on the mound for pittsburgh so we have a very veteran matchup in the first game of that series darvish for san diego and the 43 year old rich hill on the mound for pittsburgh so if nelson cruz is in the lineup on tuesday you would imagine fairly good chance against the lefty we will have a 43 year old facing a 43 year old that will be pretty cool again first pitch at 405 on tuesday pre-game coverage begins at 305 taking a look at the final totals in the rubber game of this three-game series for the nationals eight runs 11 hits one error they left on seven for the padres three runs eight hits two errors they left on a grand total of 10. mackenzie gore the winning pitcher he improves to four and six seth lugo takes the loss He's now 3-4. and Time of game, three hours and nine minutes. And the crowd here at Petco Park, the 31st sellout of the season. The fans continue to bring it each and every day. Shout out to the fans. I know it's been a frustrating first half of the year, but you wouldn't know it by the crowds here. They've been tremendous. The crowd, 41,503. Again, if you missed any of our post-game show, you can listen to it on the Inside San Diego Baseball Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you find your podcasts. For our studio coordinator today, Frank Marchese, I'm Sam Levitt, saying so long. Again, the final score, the Washington Nationals 8 and the San Diego Padres 3. We'll talk to you on Tuesday on the Padres Radio Network.